0: You're listening to Passion Pod number 17 with Rubies in the Rubble.
1: So tell me, Rubies in the Rubble, give us a little overview of what that is. Rubies in the Rubble. Great name. I love the name as well. And it really
0: sums it up for me of finding Rubies in the Rubble, whether it's a fruit or a vegetable, putting things to good use. We make chutneys, jams, preserves, cordials. I want to go into soups, all sorts of things, using fruit and veg that would otherwise go to waste and providing employment to disadvantaged or long-term unemployed in our community. So to me, it's a first-class, like, delicious product. It's a ruby. It's something that's divine, but it's made up of things that our society would otherwise discard or think of as um, not worthy whether it's the people that are making it or the fruit the veg initially we were recycling jam jars all the labels were cut off materials from fashion houses and it looked so quaint and rustic and tied together with string and I loved it like that but as we got bigger it's just time and didn't, didn't
1: really work and
0: really to do what I want to do which is make good use of food waste and to provide employment to people that are struggling to get back onto the ladder. You've got to make and sell a lot of chutney. Because I'm so passionate about those two things, almost don't really mind if I end up selling to a supermarket as long as I'm doing what I set out I to do.
1: So, what you were doing before this wasn't actually food related, was it?
0: Yeah, completely different. I was working in a hedge fund in Mayfair. I was there for two and a half years. Mainly, I did a Masters in Mathematics at Edinburgh University. I don't know why, I thought I should use it after four years struggling away and went straight into a hedge fund. And I actually loved it. The guy that I was working for, Crispin, he brought finance to life for me he was he, he linked in Shakespeare to it he'd link in what other countries were doing and it made stocks and shares actually have have a meaning yeah so I did love being there but I knew in my head it wasn't where I wanted to end up and I'd be so upset with myself if I got to the age of 40 having just stayed in the job because I was getting paid I think it's that thing of if they cut my wage in two, I would be out, out there in a second.
1: Yeah. So take us back. How did you make the change from the hedge fund to setting up Rubies in the Rubble? I think from the summer beforehand, I knew that I wanted to do
0: something that i was really passionate about there was a talk that i went to on how we judge people in our society and how everyone does it depending on what you look like your clothing how you speak and it started bothering me i realized that i do it uh, quite a lot and forced me to start volunteering a lot more at drop-in centers uh, homeless shelters soup kitchens i did something called uh, regeneration which is working on a graffitied old London bus on council estates and trying to get young people back into sort of community. And so decided I wanted to do something with them. And then I started looking into food waste and following a guy called Tristram Stewart. He seemed really cool and quite normal, and he wasn't airy-fairy green. And it made me want to go and see food waste with my own eyes on a wholesale level. So I went down to New Covent Garden Market initially, which is down in Battersea. It runs from midnight till about 7am. And it's so bustly, so alive in this huge it's like an almost an air hanger kind of thing, and it's where fruit and veg would come in from around the world, from around the country, and then get distributed to small delicatessens, grocers, restaurants. And it it was so exciting, so many different nationalities, amazing array of bright fruit and veg. But then 50 metres down was an enormous amount of waste, and you can't really blame anyone because it's coming in from around the world. The consumers were unpredictable so there's always going to be this waste and it was a box of monge two peas I really remember seeing coming from Kenya and they were beautifully wrapped and it was cardboard box you opened it up and all the monge two were sort of sitting
1: and they're it, so expensive to buy so
0: expensive to buy and so it was just getting thrown away and like, it really bothered me and anyway, I strapped lots to my back and my basket and cycled home And I became the rubbish bin. My flatmate and I ate a lot of these that week. We couldn't get through the amount. And um, it really made me think, there's got to be something we can do with this. And how can we be so wasteful and we need to be more responsible? Being brought up on a farm, we used to make chutneys and jams from gluts in the vegetable garden. So It's just like, this is a big glut. And this is what I'm going to do. I remember cycling home that day and just being like, right, I'm going to employ people because that was the hardest thing of getting people back into the employment and use this food waste and i'm going to call it rubies in the rubble and within a a day it was was um, quite early on thoughts um and then we had our first market stall in december 2010 was that a
1: regular pitch or
0: quite regular we did it once a month Um, how did
1: you find out about
0: that i googled i was looking for the cheapest one basically and the smallest one and saw there was a really nice cute little one on Marlebone High Street and I thought, they sound like chutney buyers as well. But our first market day was the 18th of December which was a blizzard and uh, the girls, we'd been in the kitchen chopping all these apples and... (laughs) <laughs> by the time we got to the market store with this blizzard, they were so excited about selling it. That we were sold out by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They knew exactly what was in that jar. They'd made it. They were so proud of it. It was so easy for them. And It's infectious. Yeah. And I know they got so much out of it as well, of interacting with public, having something to sell, something that they were proud of. And it was so rewarding. It was exciting for me to just think I can I can do something. And I get so much pleasure from it as well.
1: And so then that was, was that a regular one at the Marlebone High Street? Yeah, or? just, uh, we were there
0: once a month and then I decided to take a bit of a break after leaving work i needed to be really passionate and excited about going into it so I, one of my friends had just moved out to brazil so i went out for three months and then came back and felt ready to i'm gonna go for it it's really wise actually that i remember the first day being unemployed and you think it's such a treat but actually you wake up in the morning you like, what do I do do with myself? And sort of, you then get antsy that you're having this chilled out morning and you're not being productive and this is not what you imagined (laughs) it to be like. I remember the first couple of weeks, I, I found it really hard. I couldn't work from home. I was... Googling things and wondering what you were doing. Everyone else seemed quite busy because they get out of work at six and then their day starts.
1: So when you came back, was that straight into the market stall regularly then, was it? I No, while I was away, I made sure that I signed up
0: with quite a few different little festivals and things in the summer to force myself to have things that I had to cook for and also aims that I wanted to make sure that I hooked up with other people that were doing like-minded things, looking at how I can scale it up as well. And then in September, got a permanent spot at Borough Market, which, for a food market, compared to Marylebone where you, somebody might buy a jar of chutney every half an hour, and it was quite hard to sort of keep really excited. Whereas Borough Market, you've just got such a turnover of people coming in. And it's amazing. And seeing everyone else so passionate about their food products and chatting about it in the atmosphere there's something really magical about food and markets and people um it's passion as well yeah again it's It's so
1: infectious and everybody's got their story uh yeah i loved it Um, so getting that slot at borough market was that a lot of emails did you have a lot of investigating to do no no
0: i mean on the website just says if you want to apply to for a store you then have an interview you send them products and things and they taste the products But Borough Market was so enthusiastic about what we were doing, to the point that I said, I can't actually afford your fees for this market, but no, we want you here. They've been amazing. So do you
1: source from Borough Market now, then?
0: We source from New Spitterfields, just because I'm based in the East End, and the women that I work with are at East End as well. But Borough Market, we often get waste as well. Halloween was awful. They were sort of like, what do we do with all the pumpkins? Give them to Jenny. But at Borough Market, they're quite good at borough market with their waste actually and it's moved so far away from being a fruit and veg market
1: so what are you guys what's your sort of thing at the moment you've got a kitchen where you're making all your products and stuff yeah and that's basically send and then you ferry them to borough market do you still do individual events and stuff and... yeah we're growing actually with our
0: sort of selling to delicatessens we do weddings as well which is great because i really love making quirky labels especially if you know the couple and you can really play around with silly little poems on the back about them and their chutneys and that's been really fun i love doing things like that sweet Um, and then weirdly we've been doing merchandise for lucy rose who's a lovely musician and she takes them on tour with her and sells it as a merchandise she's got amazing ginger hair down to her waist and she wanted a ginger jam. She loves jam and tea. And so sells it as a merchandise and it works really well and people love it. Your diversity
1: of what you do is amazing. It's a really wide it is
0: wide. I think it's um, good to try and get a bit more focused because I'm really bad. It's just when you start hearing about people's ideas and everybody's so enthusiastic about things that you get excited as well and then want to do it and join in. Do you think that's your biggest challenge? Yeah, I think staying focused, really focused. At the moment, I've got a bit of a struggle. Not a struggle, but knowing what to do in terms of finance and investing and do we try and go big and quickly, or is it going to be a really small organic growth? Also, I want this to be a replicable model. Every city in the UK has at least one fruit and veg wholesale market. The one that we're on has 12 to 13,000 tonnes of fruit and veg thrown away every year. And that and that's London's got three. So it's such an easy model that you could just start popping up rubies in the rubble kitchens, which are just water cabin commercial kitchens on every wholesale market. It's got to be a funky brand, it's got to be something that people want to take off the shelves. Otherwise, if no one buys it, I'm not doing anything. I think if you try and control something too much or try and always be the, the head of something, first of all no one will want to work with you and you gain so much from different people's points of views and and also being a bit more open. You never know where something will go. Um, I don't know if, if it's going to be chutneys or cordials or it could be anything. It might even just be compost. At the moment, we're trying to change our branding. We well, don't know if trying to change it, but we're looking into it quite a lot and I found that quite hard as well because with our branding, a lot of people are like, it wouldn't sit on a supermarket shelf comfortably. But actually, you almost don't want to sit in it comfortably. Like, I think back to when Innocent first came around, and they're packaging things. And that's why it jumps out at people. So that's our struggle at the moment, of everyone wanting to make us mainstream, and I almost want to look weird and homemade. But it's like what you were saying earlier as well, of our generation is a different generation in the way that we want to change, and we, we're passionate about things, and we want to follow our passions rather than our parents would have just thought we've got to provide.
1: And it's now us thinking of different ways of doing it and also enjoying it along the way of isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Talking of the money side of things, how did you, when you set this up, finance it, did you have temporary work or was it something that you'd prepared for before? Or? Yeah, so after I came
0: back from travelling, I then worked part-time. Actually, there's an amazing company called Unlimited and they're great at all they do is support um, small enterprises social enterprise startups and they gave me i think it was three thousand eight hundred. they gave it as well so freely and it's not tied into anything they mentor you a little bit when you want a meeting i think they understand when you're starting something up you just want to be able to be free to have a test period of is this actually viable because at some point if it's not viable you've got to be prepared to give it up and and decide that it's it's not going to work
1: where would you like rubies in the rubble to end up
0: I would love it to be a global brand. The, the people that I always really admire is that Body Shop, and starting to admire as well, and I didn't really know much about them beforehand, but Ben and & Jerry's, and just organisations like that that have got sustainability at their heart, and they have core values that they want to carry on, but they work, they can be global, they, they're they such a lovely company. They get their brownies made in New York from a homeless shelter, employing homeless guys to make them, and they're dedicated to that's where our brownies come from. I love that about them, and going into their offices as well, there's something different from going into an, an innovative environment where they flatten flattened the company, and I think that's what works. It's not having a hold of it. You can tell the difference between going into there or going into Bovril or a brand of marmalade maybe there's a reason why those companies just fly and it's it's being so open and um i want that to be rubies in the rubble but it needs to be done sort of carefully i want it to be if it's going to be big not at the expense of sort of changing the model at all maybe it's a we get a huge great recipe book that can go with every kitchen and and that's how you keep the high standards and but no, I see this as a big brand. I want it to be... I think your, your vision is that it's got to succeed. You're prepared for it to fail. But if you don't believe it's going to succeed, what are you doing? It just needs a bit of manpower, a little bit of investment
1: and... Uh, Some delicious challenges. <laughs> Some delicious challenges. <laughs> what would you say to someone who is thinking about setting up something similar to this? What advice would you give them? Um, talking to people is, I think, key.
0: I, d- I wouldn't say take advice from everyone but listen to what everyone's got to say. Everyone will have their own opinion on things. And even some of the most respected people that have given me advice, I sort of, you think you should follow it, but I think you've got to have your head switched on as well. There's so much going on in London. It's incredible. And I think when I was working, I didn't realise the extent of it. There's masses for people that are having start-ups. There's lots of community things going on people do really wacky things and the more you talk to people the more events you go along to there's a lot of free different things you expand and you change your ideas you hear from other people's ideas we've got relationships with all sorts of people from people that are doing really small scale things and it's great fun working with them as well and then people that are we spend quite a bit of time at the moment in the house of lords and that having that scale i'm loving it and you're just learning so much, and it's fascinating. If anything, you're never going to lose out, even if it all fails, because <laughs> you've, you've learnt something. I would also say, um, as well, you've got to go for it full on. There's no point doing something half-hearted. And if it fails, if you've gone for it with your full heart and given it all, who cares if it fails? You've learnt something and you've tried it. But if you go half-heartedly, there's, if it fails what have you gained not really much you've never tried it properly
1: that was Passion Pod number 17 with Rubies in the Rubber